self-medicated podcast uh, for June 22nd. I done figured out how to make sure I get the date right every time off the top. I'll just type it in before we start. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, but yeah, man, this is the self-medicated podcast and we back. We bike. We bike. Let's take a couple, take care of a couple of housekeeper items first. As always, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at the self-medicated, or I'm sorry, at the self-med pod. We are the self-medicated podcast. So follow us at the self-med pod. We're on all of the platforms. Uh, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music. You can tell Alexa to play our shit. We basically everywhere, anywhere you can find us. Make sure that you subscribe, leave a review wherever you are listening. Uh, make sure you check us out. We're going to go ahead and knock out the organic shout out before we do intros. Just to switch it up because we want to let people get all this good information right off the top. But this week's organic shout out goes to the No Catch Up podcast. Uh, it's a podcast hosted by, what is it, Nick Harvey and Sean Little. Uh, it's about real cornball free sports talk and merch. So obviously as we're getting ready to get back into sports, sports is teasing us with uh, coming back. Uh, these dudes are actually pretty dope to listen to in terms of sports takes and um, they do a lot of apparel talk too, like dope fresh sports clothing, which I think is a very niche but uh, uh, profitable arena of fashion. A nigger Kobe jersey? They might have a nigger Kobe jersey. They might. We should, we should ask them. Follow them on Instagram at no catch up shy and ask them if they got some nigga Kobe's. Uh, <laughs> if they got some nigga Kobe's. Eight or 24. You got to be specific. All lives matter. <laughs> all lives. All lives. See if they got an all lives matter fucking Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. <laughs> let's, see, let's see if they got that. But yeah, man. Uh, check them out. No catch up podcast. Their merch, also their pod merch is, is really, really dope too. It looks like really quality stuff. So. Uh, shout out to Nick and Sean and, and No Catch Up. But now we here. It is I, your host, Troy, a.k.a. The Wayfair, a.k.a. Young Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, here with the captain of the igloo, Young Popular and Friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, and, of course, the man behind the visuals, a.k.a. Young Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Burger Boy, and we are in the building, self-medicated podcast. And, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. We took a week off. Didn't release an episode last week for a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. I was in Atlanta last week. Um, the Atlanta trip was interesting. <laughs> you know, sure. So Atlanta. So when I was in Atlanta was uh, the first day that they kind of opened back up in terms of uh, like public gatherings, and um, people were acting like it was the first time they were allowed to be out. There were no like people were not masking up. Mask on, fuck your mask on. It's also weird too, like in Georgia, mask people kind of, yeah, people, the mentality towards COVID is a little bit different than here. Uh, here in Chicago or Illinois, at least, it seems like folks are very, hmm, like what is, excuse me, what is this thing? Shit. Let's be cautious. Let's, like, we don't really know what's going on. Let's mostly let, stay locked down. But in Georgia, they're like, yeah, fuck this shit. Like, it's the flu. Somebody, people gonna get it. If you get it, you get it. Fuck mm-hmm. y'all. Um, and that's kind of how they're operating out there. So it's very interesting. Uh, but the trip was cool, man. I was able to see 
my old roommates from Atlanta, Ace and Jamel. We was able to get in the studio and make a little music. Um, it was cool to see them. Cool to be in the city of Atlanta. We went to a really good uh, jerk spot. Some okay. oxtails. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and I was surprised because Atlanta ain't really known for food. Like I'm surprised that. they had jerk. I mean, uh, ox, oxtails in the Jamaican restaurant. Yeah, you would think they was out, out first. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we not out out. Right. Yeah. No, nah, they had they had it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had it. That shit was delicious. So yeah, big shout out to Ace, man. The the intro music that y'all hear on this podcast is made by my homie Ace from Detroit, and it was kind of wild because uh, when we got back from Atlanta. We found out that you know he 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 has some blood clots, um, mm. and the trip did not make them better. So, just a huge shout out to Ace, man. Your health is always in our prayers. Uh, making sure you're all right. But yeah, other than that, Atlanta trip was interesting. Oh, we were also in Atlanta when the Rayshard Brooks police shooting happened. Mm. So like literally couldn't can't get away from this bullshit. Yeah, they burnt the Wendy, Wendy's down. They shut the highway down in Atlanta. Like, they wasn't playing no games in Atlanta. They turned the fuck up. It was a white lady that burnt that down. You saw that video? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't care. Like, doesn't matter. I feel like it's two stories usually when you see something like that. It's a story of this lady's, like, woke and she's helping the cause or she's a saboteur and she's doing this to make it seem like black people are destroying their own communities. Um, I think it's harder to pull that's the ladder off mm-hmm. in 2020 with cameras. Like, bitch, we saw you. So, like, you can't really get away. It's a little I mean, harder, I think, to get away yeah. with that, especially in the moment. Like, it may come out later on that that may have been the thing. But I think also at this point, we're beyond why. I think we're more focused on the result. The result is a capitalist structure of a Wendy's fast food restaurant it's no longer there. Like, that's the point to me, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's more symbolic than who set it a fire to in my eyes um so yeah i, I, I don't know mm. okay i'm just curious but yeah that was that was atlanta how was how was y'all's uh i guess last week man mad niggas in my job tested positive for covid <laughs> so that was a thing yeah but from what i've heard one of the three is recovered and because those three people got it it basically took out 80% of the people I work with because either they had to quarantine or they were actually sick because mm. they came in contact with the people that were um, tested positive right so that was a little worrisome but then I found out um, yesterday that all the people I had came into contact with had tested negative, mm. so I was good. So I'm happy about that. Stuck at a drop. Yeah. What about you, Burger Boy, Burger Boss? Man, my week started off whack. I blame Zipcar mm. because mm. I booked a reservation. I had a doctor's appointment. My doctor's office is out in the suburbs, mm-hmm. almost in Maywood. So I looked at the price of Uber. And it was actually a little bit more expensive than doing a zip car. So I'm like, okay, let me do the zip car. It's a little cheaper, and I can go other places with the car right. while I got it. Pull up to the car. It don't unlock. 
I'm using the little card they send you. I'm using the app. It just don't unlock. Call customer care. Nobody answering. I call my doctor's office because you know they charge you if you don't show yeah. up. They're not answering. Uh, huh? So I'm stuck. Nobody answering. I'm calling, calling, calling. About a half hour later, they finally answer. And they're like, okay, that card ain't working. No. Uh, <laughs> you want to transfer your reservation to the nearest available car. I'm like, where is it? They're like North and Clybourne. Mm. I'm in like South Loop. Ah, that ain't gonna work. I'm like, <laughs> still can't get in touch with my doctor. I'm just, it blew everything up. So long story short, my appointment got rescheduled and I had a car reservation for nothing. <laughs> so I drove around the city. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Wow. How does um? Uh, it's funny because my job had a corporate account with Zipcar, and there was one person that actually used to work in our office mm. that ruined the whole corporate. Mm. Like they got into three consecutive, I think, car accidents, and Zipcar was like, "How the fuck? <laughs> we out." <laughs> like, I would say in general, car rental stuff can be kind of scammy because I've had situations where like. They'll just report and say, oh, um, there's a smell of smoke in the car and charge you a smoker's fee for the people who are renting the car out to clean the car. Mm-hmm. Whether you can't dispute that. I didn't smoke in the car, but they said that. So they get that money yeah. for the repair yep. that come out of my account. Yep. And then I get banned on the app. <laughs> That's for a zip car? Uh, no, that was get around. Mm. Yeah, there's other apps. Uh, they they not paying us, so I'm not gonna name them. But mm. there's other really convenient apps mm. that the uh, uh, I guess disputing of things goes a little bit more. It's more cons- customer friendly. I would hope so. <laughs> that was Joe's week. This is uh, I guess Father's Day weekend just passed. It was yesterday? Father's Day tomorrow, bro. Well, not when people I mean, are listening to this. It would have been yesterday. Yeah. So, happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. Big, huge shout-out to the fathers fathers in our lives and, and out in the world. Um, I feel like Father's Day, this is going to be a theme that you're going to see, but it's the most, like, nobody really fucks with it. <laughs> nobody really... The worst gifts. Yeah, it's not really... It's a, um, literally, I do it because I have to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, type mm. holiday. And, I, and that's a shame, man. Fathers Who do you think really is responsible do? for that? Mothers. <laughs> Shots fired. I was going to say fathers because, you know, a lot of times guys, especially as they get older, they don't want to celebrate things as much. Mm-hmm. I think because of that, nobody else cares. But what's the root cause, though? Where, where, why do you get exhausted of celebrating things? I don't know because, like, For women, yourself. especially younger women, it seems like they have their birthday for a whole month. Mm-hmm. They even do a half birthday sometimes. Mm-hmm. And dudes are like, eh, whatever. And you always hear the phrase, every day is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. You never heard that for Father's Day. <laughs> That's true. You barely get a Father's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Father's Day is also the most appropriated day, uh, mm. appropriated holiday by those who are not fathers. Yeah. Which I always thought was just very, very interesting. It's like, it's like um, people be real all lives matter when it comes to Father's Day, it seems like. Mothers. 
Mothers be all lives matter. <laughs> Some mothers be all lives matter yeah. when it comes to Father's Day. You never heard a father on Father's Day say, I was the mother and the father. Raising this kid. <laughs> you never hear that. Some would say you never hear that because it ain't no niggas out here raising their kids. Some would say that. And some people would also be mistaken. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I th- there's a lot of times that people will say, you know, as a single mother, I have to be the mother and the father. No, you were just a really somebody. I heard somebody say, "No, you were just a really strong woman. <laughs> you were just a really strong mother. Like, bitch, you wasn't both. <laughs> Does it? Like, I don't even know what that means, anyways. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? Right. You were the mother and the father. Can somebody break that down for me? How? What is? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> this is very binary. It's, uh, I was pretty sure it sounded <laughs> good to the first woman that said it. Probably. And everybody else was like, oh, that nigga's spitting. This is spin. the early days of Instagram <laughs> captions where they weren't critiqued like that, right? Like they were just, you just get anything off, anything that sounded compelling. Uh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite memes about this topic was this woman with a real thick mustache. And, and it was like, um, when people say, I'm the mother and the father. It was. <laughs> that's what they talking about. Damn. That's hilarious. Yeah, we gotta post that. Man. That's funny as fuck. Um. So yeah, man. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Celebrate the fathers. That's the uh, that's the other thing too, man. Dope fathers are actually kind of rare to come by. I yeah. think there are a lot more out of necessity, like dope and strong moms. Dads have just the simple ability to get the fuck on get and just get away. Mm. So I, it's almost, um, you know, an extra special shout out needs to go to fathers that are dope mm. fathers, man. Shout out to them. All right, let's get into it, man. J, J. Cole versus No Name. It just dived right in. Uh, I want I want to hear y'all's takes before I go because I've been hearing this shit for a couple of days now and I'm I'm so fed up. To be honest with you. I don't really listen to either one of them. Okay. I so this is great this to have this discussion with the you most, we can be objective. I haven't mm-hmm. even listened all the way to both songs. I haven't listened to the No Name song, and I sort of listened to the J. Cole song. I just know he was talking about a woman. That's all I got from so him. So we're already on thin ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're out here talking. I do know I did learn today that he was responding to a tweet no name put out but she didn't directly address anybody I think she was just calling out people but she didn't say any names and I think that struck a nerve with J. Cole so that's I'm assuming why he got the response or came out with the response I don't know what no name's song was about though her song was about uh, J. Cole right but I I don't know what she was saying about him, though, I should say. So I'm trying to find her tweet. All right, so it all started with No Name tweeting about um, people, rappers, not really using their platform uh, to talk about all that's going on mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the movement, in the, in the public eye. Um, and just basically having the ability to be silent, use and profit off of the subject matter in their songs, uh, but not be out here in the streets when shit is really going down. Yeah. And you're right, she didn't name J. Cole or anyone by name, but J. Cole saw that tweet and 
decided to write a song and respond to it. Um, decided to write a song and respond to it. And um, in, the, in the song Snow on, Snow on the Bluff. Yeah, that's the name. Uh, basically, you know, responded to her tweet, basically saying that, yo, it's a lot of niggas that don't understand all of the things that weren't brought up the way you were and don't understand the concepts that you're talking about. And they're the ones who need it most. So you can't speak to them in a condescending fashion because that does nothing. Yeah. It's the same typical, uh, uh, what is it, honey attract more bees and vinegar or some shit like yep. that. <laughs> Somehow, whatever the saying is. And so uh, No Name also responded, but I think the kind of general public discourse was around, you know, a lot of people were upset with J. Cole for basically criticizing and critiquing a black woman. And uh, then other folks were mad at No Name for basically being hypocritical, <laughs> right? Mm, being upset true. about, um, you know, people calling out certain shit when that's exactly what she was doing. So, um, and then she, in her, dis, in her response song, she was upset that this nigga took the time to make a song to address her when all this shit was going down. Um, and then again, the counter critique is well, Jordy, you took the time to write a tweet about niggas not doing anything. So that seems to be where the general discourse is. That's what those are seems to be the facts. Now yeah. I want to hear your opinion. Um. So this sounds like it was so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish they made music that was entertaining enough for me to really dive into it, but um. Well, that's the thing, man. These are both people that are literal activists, bro. They're literally both in these streets, and their art reflects kind of their values and See, their beliefs. Yeah, I don't really know No Names history. I know that's one of Malik's favorites. Top 50 rappers of all time. Yeah. Malik. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was top 30. It was top 30. It was top 30. That's yeah. right. That's he's right. going to have to answer for that. When he comes back around, he's going to Yeah, that audio is lost forever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've heard like I've just heard some of her songs and it's like spoken word mm-hmm. um, so I just can't listen to rap that sounds like that yeah she's from the whole Chance the Rapper fucking Malcolm London Taylor Bennett mm. uh, Jamila Woods See, I like Jamila Woods. Malcolm London. Like, uh, they're all kind of the okay. same genre of same activist, okay. activist rap. Hmm. It's like spoken word to beats, to like turn beats. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> what it is. I guess um, maybe this, this question will answer itself. Why did she have these expectations of these rappers? Is she putting out that type of music herself? A wannabe rapper? Is no. What you said? Well, based on her initial tweet, it seems like she was calling out the top rappers, right? Right. For not being more vocal or um, doing more within the community. This kind of, I guess, goes back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about the expectations people have of athletes. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming she's making music and is being pretty active. Well, herself. yeah. I mean, she, she definitely uses her platform to talk about all of the issues that she brings up. She talks a lot about trans women. She talks a lot about black women. She talks a lot about... The LGBTQ community. She talks a lot about abolitionist theory and anti-capitalism. Like she's about this shit. She right. uses her platform to actually educate a lot of people. Yeah. I think what J. Cole was responding to was her approach in educating people mm-hmm. is very 
to some niggas like J. Cole and like abrasive. quote unquote real niggas is condescending. It's more than abrasive. It's condescending. Uh, talking okay. down on on certain people, certain black people. Yeah. And I think that's what J. Cole was kind of trying to elevate. It's like, fam, yeah. you got to talk to niggas like this, like me, <laughs> like we're children. You can't do it this way because we're the ones who need it most. And that yeah. approach turns us completely off and we're not going to yeah. listen. Sometimes I think people forget everyone doesn't have the same information and knowledge they've acquired. Yeah. And they assume you should know this because I know it. So they right. start talking to you like that. So I'm right. assuming maybe that's where maybe she comes from. The other big problem and, and what I've heard in the general discourse is the fact that uh, J. Cole, he made a common misogynistic mistake mm. and called out her tone. <laughs> so he legit in the song said, I got a problem with the queen's tone That's on funny. how she's approaching it. So this is a classic example of yeah. uh, the message, the message getting lost by the messenger, right? Yeah. Like it's not. Honestly, nobody is talking about what J. Cole said, and that's what frustrates me because he's 1,000% right. Everybody is talking about how he presented what he said and how toxic and all of that shit is, and it mm. basically loses the whole steam behind what he was trying to say. And the thing is, those points are valid and dope and yeah. important. Like, yeah, nigga, you shouldn't <laughs> have taken the time out. Like, all of this shit going on and all of your energy has gone into publicly calling out a black woman. Yeah. Visually, I get it. It's probably like I get it. However, if we're not going to be stuck on presentation and actually look at the message, then this nigga is actually kind of fucking right. And I think that's really, really important. And I think that this is also something that can be like a um, right, like the macro. Look at the macro of this in terms of the movement and black people trying to get free. This is this this is the type of shit that I feel like yeah. makes things like that makes progress hard. It's just kind of internal bickering when fam there is no wrong way to this I've said this before on the podcast like there is no wrong way to go about any of this freedom work yeah the key is to coordinate it and to strategize on some level you don't have to fucking agree with the tactics but we all agree on the goal so our leaders should be able to coordinate <laughs> the different movements that, I, I still feel that way hmm. and I think that the role of artists like No Name and J. Cole is to advance dialogue right and to advance how people you know to challenge how people look at certain situations and I think that's exactly what they did like huge shout out to J. Cole No Name has a lot more followers today than I did uh, basically she did before yeah. this so like <laughs> you know let's, let's keep a keep an eye on that as well man that all you, of that is important you think they should do remember when T.I. and Kanye did that song yep. you think they should do a version of that I they're kind of like talking to each other I don't I think that that would be a <laughs> that would be such a niche project like you know it's only a certain number of people that are going to listen to that and like mm -hmm. critique it as real art and all of that um I mean, they're artists. If that's what they want to do, by all means, I'll probably listen to it just to hear it just because, you know, No Name is from Chicago and I've been fucking with Cole for a long time. But I'm not exciting for it. I'm not, mm. I don't hope they do that. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they don't have to. Um, but I do like the dialogue that is sparking. I just hate that nobody is fucking paying attention to goddamn Joe, J. Cole's point. Also, that nigga J. Cole said he don't read books. He's a thinker. So him and Kanye are in the same group. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you should probably read some books. 
That's that's funny because out of the all the rappers, you would think he read more. I would think he, yeah. he, he he what's the uh, Pizza Hut read him club <laughs> book it or whatever it is. Yeah. I would assume he would get all the free pizzas. With that, when I when he when I learned that he said that, that made me think about the songs in his catalog that I have heard. And like I feel like Jay Cole is more of a storyteller, mm-hmm. opposed to a rapper that's gonna like introduce you to knowledge. So like when I think of somebody that's always putting me on to different information and knowledge, I think of like a Nas or a Jay Z. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would put Jay Cole in that same category. Yeah, I think he's more like a slick Rick that I expose you mm-hmm. to some woke shit. Story. Especially my favorite songs by him are usually him talking about either I'm assuming a situation he made up or some personal experience. Right. Yeah, I can agree with that. His his wokeness is definitely from uh experience perspective, mm-hmm. not necessarily like uh like a Jay Z or Nas or they're it's almost like reading a, a, a nonfiction book mm-hmm. when you're listening to them, right? Mm-hmm. J. Cole is more of a a Harry Potter that you got to draw the parallels to real life and then learn the lessons from. I can see that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, man, shout out to them. I, again, I, I love the discourse. I love the conversation. I just wish people were paying attention to the actual merits of the of the arguments being made and mm. not the presentation of it because so much do. get lost. I know, but also Especially I think as a person time. who's been told my whole life that it's, my, it's not what I say, it's how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's problematic. It's just frustrating to me. Like, Okay, get over that part. <laughs> it gets, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I totally get it. I understand, right? Like this is why chefs make extra money when they sprinkle the parsley on shit, right? Because the presentation is important. That makes all a world of difference. But yeah. I just wish shit wasn't like that. And I, I, yeah. Mm. Maybe we'll get there one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. All right. So bouncing off of these artists, let's talk about some of the new music that came out. Mm. Tiana Taylor's album. Unstepped on by Ye this time. <laughs> I think uh, that's a good thing and a bad thing. Say more. Um, I felt like I appreciated when Ye was doing the seven songs for everybody. Mm-hmm. I like, I think most of the seven songs he did for Tiana. I like her on the more soulful sounding stuff, but in this album it seems like it was more sexy and sensual. Mm. And also, there was no Amon Shumper bars on the Kanye project, but there were. <laughs> <laughs> on this one. Very true. <laughs> and I feel like also, this is just a aside. I just hate when people say they have features from artists and it's just a sample of one of their songs. Oh, yeah, I hate that. That too. was annoying as fuck. But uh, based on what I'm into from her, I was. The album was good. Uh, I wasn't in the mood to listen to anything sensible and sexy, so I'll listen to that atmosphere and maybe get a different type of vibe from it, but. From like the first listen, I enjoyed it, but I liked the Kanye a little bit more because it was, like I said, a little bit more soulful. What I liked about this album was it was 23 or um, 24 tracks. That's too many. But it was only an hour long. Yeah. So it was a lot of music, but it was quick still. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. Um, Tiana doesn't tend to make really long songs anyway. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. Yeah. It definitely felt like she was much more in her own bag. Right, like it was more yeah. her style than the good music style, which I appreciated. Um, I agree with you. I feel like Tiana was a perfect seven track artist to put into that mix with mm-hmm. Pusha and Ye and everybody that released them. But I think this is more of a like 
you gotta remember she don't have that many like projects that nice. talk that like speak to who she is yeah. as an artist and i think this one does that man mm. it's a lot of bangers on there she get into a lot of shit she gets some toxic shit off she gets some lovey-dovey shit off she gets yeah. some strong black love shit off she like mm. she gets it all off and it sounds amazing it sounds amazing but a question for you do you think any of the songs on this album are better than um like what was the con- the rose from concrete Rose of Harlem Rose of Harlem was really good um, There was like two other ones on there It's the one where it sounds kind of like um, dan- Dance music Or like Chicago house music um, Yeah WTP Work That Pussy yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, Never Gonna Wait Love Me so gonna, like, This one was Issues and Hold On so, um, I feel like those only those eight songs are more solid than this whole album. You might need to listen to it again. I mean, just and and different okay. vibes too. Okay. Yeah. I will say this: um, keep the same energy. That Tiana project has a lot of replay value for me. Mm-hmm. I play that shit all the mm-hmm. fucking time. <laughs> I played mm-hmm. it twice on the way to and back from it. <laughs> like I play that shit like, all the time. I guess. I guess maybe I can clarify more. Yeah. I feel like the song she created on that last album, if she could have expanded more into those type of songs onto this album, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. But so since she didn't have that Kanye touch, maybe that's why that didn't happen. Yeah. I also think with eight tracks, they are all very different tracks. Mm-hmm. It's less of a seamless transition track yeah. to track. Whereas with 23... They're probably a little yeah, bit more similar yeah. and at least easier to transition. True. So I see that as well. These these have to be all like kind of individual bangers mm-hmm. and less of a seamless kind of flow. I agree with that. It's funny because I felt like uh, the same way you felt about Tiana's album is how I felt about Wale's album. I did mm. not want to hear no groovy revolutionary shit. I just didn't <laughs> want to hear that. That's funny because I fucked with that one more. <laughs> I, like, oh, I didn't want to hear. I didn't feel like yeah. like dancing yeah. to what he was saying is I guess what I is how I felt like um and I know very much so that that was intentional he's giving like knowledge darts mm-hmm. with dance music mm-hmm. that's a very intentional mix it makes it palpable it makes it like it's like replayable like yeah exactly type and shit. I fuck with it I'm just saying that when I heard when I started <laughs> playing the album I was not in the mood for that, mm. right? Like, I wasn't so you, in the mind space. So we had a kind of a reverse situation here. Exactly. I was more in the mood for Wale. You were more in the mood for Tiana's, probably. Exactly. Uh, very much so. So I'm going to have to revisit the Wale shit. Shout out to Wale for sampling one of my favorite songs, I think, of 2017, Side to Side by Chris McCleany. Hmm. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about sampling, too. Sometimes that's what they have to do in order to get the sample clear. Ah, uh, that makes artists. sense. Yeah. That shit is so deceitful, so though. Wild. I'm like, she got Lauren Hill <laughs> and Erica Badu. On the same track. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I clicked on that before. I, before yeah. I just clicked on that, that one. That shit gets you excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to the City Girl shit? I didn't even know that shit came Man, out. And listen. Talk about album of the summer. It's so <laughs> no much. Summer. It's so much hot yeah. girl shit on this album. Mm. <laughs> the captions. This, yeah, this album is ripe with captions. And this was... I also feel bad, man, because if, if it was a regular summer, if this was a regular... Right in that summer, huh? Boy, listen. 
<laughs> this would have been the soundtrack of the summer. All okay. of the little, you know, OnlyFan premium hoes, they all, this would have been all in. Speaking of Atlanta, I, I listen, man. We figured out this, we, we figured out what it is about this office. What they eat down there. Wendy okay. made a, I mean, the Haitian sensation made a comment and she goes, uh, oh, these ain't these ain't pizza and mild wings down here. This is this is cornbread and yams down here. Are she Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. So we were able to identify like in the mall who the premiums were. Like mm. we were like, oh yeah, you have a premium. You for sure have OnlyFans premium. Or just, and we could also tell if you don't have a premium, just a regular OnlyFans. Or if you just got like a premium snap. Like we could, you could literally yeah. see it. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this city, this city girls album would have definitely been uh, the shit if we weren't still like coming off of quarantine. Um, How what many is this shit called? Yeah, I didn't even know that shit came out. City on lock. Yeah, city on lock. This shit hard. What kind of features they got on there? Gotti, Doja Cat, Lil Durk, Lil Baby. I think P is doing like some jail call type shit. So they only got one um, QC artist on there? Yeah. That's surprising. Very surprising. Um, shout out to Lil Baby with the uh, that song you released a couple weeks yep. ago. Uh, Man, how did you feel about that shit? The Lil Baby song. See, at first, I listened to it. I don't be listening to Lil Baby lyrics like that. I just like the beats. But then I started listening to it. I was like, huh. This is like trap revolutionary music. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of it. I'm curious to see him expound on it and maybe a couple other people. Yeah. But I liked it because it, I it's think cool. it's made for the kids, but it also it kind of gives a message within it. So it's like um, candy with the medicine. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very commercial revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's very much that, which is necessary. Again, yeah. I never wanted to shit on any other shit. Right. It's definitely necessary. My red flags went up when the first time I heard about this shit was critical acclaim from the New York Times and Washington Post. <laughs> I was like, oh, you niggas are shouting out little baby. All right. This must be some very popular I mean, type shit. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like at least he's getting shouted out for this and not talking Anything about doing else. lean right. and fucking OnlyFans premium girls. <laughs> that is very important. I think, um, and to be highlighted over something like this, and I think you made a really, really important point is it's a revolutionary type song that sounds like this mm-hmm. right like it definitely is speaking to people who fuck with this type of music yeah uh, so Everybody i think that's trying to uh here lift every voice you might right. want, <laughs> you might want to sometimes this. you want to throw some bowls at them up, exactly you know what I mean? so, exactly <clears throat> yeah man shout out to little baby um who else has released revolution songs beyonce did the black parade song did you hear that i didn't know what the fuck that was about i just know a few people i was following on instagram were posting and excited because beyonce, beyonce mentioned them song. or mm-hmm. some it was a video oh, probably because yeah i saw a couple like beyonce. i said a couple people i follow were like yeah beyonce had me in a video or some shit that's dope if she was in the video. How was the song? The, video. Um, the song is dope. It's very much more HBCU drum vibes. So kind of like the uh, where she was sampled before I let go. Yep. Um, but it's dope. It's okay. a dope ass song. Um, definitely fits on your riding to the protest playlist. <laughs> riding to the protest. It's like a specific playlist. Which is getting expounded upon every week by all yeah, these people releasing definitely. music. I guess the Meek Mill song, but we, I think we talked about that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we did. That fits uh, in there, too. Uh, obviously, the little Baby song. 
You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about RMR's uh, I didn't say that. Uh, project. Because <laughs> you know that's my shit. Yeah, that was, it's my favorite album. Uh, over, uh, what's the name? Lede? Lede. Did it take over? Lede. Ke- what was it? Kiana? Kiana? What's your shit? You guys said what's your favorite album? Eleven Cali. Eleven Cali, yeah. Uh, no. I was thinking That's Keanu my Lede favorite R&B album. Okay. Well, this might be my favorite country trap album. Also, okay. it might be line. the only country trap album out right line. now. So line. you set the standard. So I really fucked with it though. RMR. What is what is their name? His. Rumor. His yeah, name? Rumor. Rumor. It is yeah. Rumor, not RMR. Yeah. So rumor. It's pronounced rumor, but it's spelled RMR. Okay. So rumors, project, drug dealing is a lost start. Great name. Amazing, amazing little eight track joint. The lead song with Westside Gun from Gazelda is amazing. Mm-hmm. Fucking love this song. Um, they finally, I guess, got Rascal cleared, so they're able to yeah. profit off of it. Cause remember when we were first talking about. Yeah, they- it wasn't took on title, it wasn't yeah. on anything. It was just on YouTube, and they actually took it down from YouTube. Mm-hmm. But apparently now they got it um, with RMR's credit, so apparently they got the sample clear now. I wonder what that split is like. Woo! <laughs> ain't getting nothing. Uh, nothing. Obviously, they did the Dealer remix with Future and Lil Baby, which I hate. Really? I hate the remix of that song. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I like it. it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> um, but so uh, all these other songs are fucking awesome man I'm not over you that's my shade did a video that's, for that one that's really good the uh, I like Nouveau Rich yeah it's so good it's so good this is some this is why I like this is because it fits so many vibes you can mm-hmm. play this in the like Saturday morning clean up the crib type shit you can play this in the car with the windows down riding on Lakeshore you can play this on the way to the club you can play this on the way to Shorty Crib, like you mm. could play it so many. This it play fits it at so the many rodeo, people. you know. For real, yeah. <laughs> goddamn, goddamn rib fest. <laughs> like it fits all of them. Yeah, I fucks with it, man. I fucks with it. Um, other new music. Did you listen to John Legend shit? No, I did not either. Did you uh, listen to Black Eyed Peas shit? Come on, man. I did not either. Uh, I got Fergie no more. I don't fuck with him. Yeah, I'm nah. just <laughs> Who else came whoa, out? Whoa, whoa. Was some other shit that I was... You listen to Pierre Bourne? Um, no. Actually. You familiar with him, I'm right? familiar, but yeah. I haven't listened to the last couple projects. Yeah, he, he released some Saturday. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. It was... Uh, Life of Pierre 4 Mm-hmm. Rollo released some... Rollo? Mm-hmm. And also, uh... What's the person's name? Say Ari the Kid. Have you oh, heard? yeah. That was really good. I didn't know that. I was probably... Did T. Grizzly drop too? Yeah, that's... I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about T. Grizzly. It's just not for us. That's what it is. Is it? It's not for us. I have, he has some songs I like, but like all his songs sound the same. Yeah. And not in a good way. <clears throat> too much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he like has one baby. delivery and he sticks with that it's shit. It's not like the baby. Every song. The baby songs sound the same, but they mm. sound different. Yeah. His songs just sound the same. Like you can tell when somebody works with the same uh, producers mm. and the songs the same but different. 
some people work with the same producer and they pick the same type of beat from that same producer and all the right. songs sound the same. Right, right. I have a feeling that's what uh, T Grizzly did. Um, all right. Uh, any other new music that we didn't get to? Any uh, music that we're anticipating? Is there anybody coming out soon? Are release dates a thing anymore? Not really. <laughs> I can't tell you the last later. time. I I feel like we just know that week if yeah, something's coming yeah, out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, don't, out this week. you don't know like months in advance like yeah. you used to before. Nah. Yeah. And also COVID-19 probably put a pause on a lot of people's music shit. In sure. terms of well, I guess yeah, touring, you know, shooting videos, yeah. touring, all that kind of shit. There's a lot of niggas shooting videos still though. Yeah, but they're like iPhone. They're not. Like, I saw this weekend Freddie Gibbs and Ross was getting together for a video oh, shoot. For speaking of Freddie, Alfredo shout shit. out to Freddie. Shout out to Freddie for getting signed this week. Oh yeah. Big shout out to Gibbs. We were talking about. Uh, I think we talked about it on this podcast. I was talking about it with the ABE niggas too, Ace and Jamel about. You know, he's finally starting to get his flowers. It's been a long time coming for Gibbs to get his mm-hmm. shit. So, I remember to listening Gibbs. to his first project in 2008. Yeah, he came out with Wiz and all <laughs> of still living in Gary. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, he, remember, he was on some of them early mix. They used to all, mm-hmm. they used to all feature on each other's shit. Currency, Wiz, Big Sean, fucking Gibbs, goddamn yeah. Smoke Dizzle. It seems like, even though he is, it seemed like he was much older than them at the time. Yep. So I don't know maybe that's why he didn't resonate as early as he did cause now he can fall into that like kind of grown man right 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 rap right. genre that's out now uh so yeah shout out to shout out to Gibbs man shout out to Gibbs yeah, gangsta Gibbs gangsta Gibbs I remember I was having a debate with some people cause Freddie Gibbs used to say he was like the one of the last gangster rappers I tried to tell people I was like yeah I think he's just telling the truth and they was like nah uh I was like, who else makes gangster rap and they couldn't name anybody? Huh? I was about to say, this is the part where it gets Yeah, like, only, the only they can't name were people from, like, NWA and shit like that. And I'm like, I don't even know. And I was like, nah, man. Gangster it's... music. Who is still making gangster music? Takashi? Mm, I think that falls into drill. Jeezy. So wait, Jadakiss and them not making gangster music no more? That's not gangster music? Uh, Has it evolved to drug dealer rap? Mm. That's different than gangster music. That is. See, when I think of gangster, I think of like lifestyle. So like, you got lifestyle raps. You got like rich nigga lifestyle raps where right. you get from Pusha T and Jay-Z a lot. Right. Rick Ross. Currency. Yeah, I don't listen to Currency anymore, but sure. <laughs> You have uh, Freddie Gibbs at the time was rapping about selling crack, <laughs> shooting guns, because he was actually doing it because his record yeah. deal fell apart. Right. His first time uh, out. So I think of him, but I don't really know. Maybe West Side Gun and Con- Conway, that whole Griselda, they might be doing the gangster rap now. So maybe that's why them niggas get along. <laughs> was, uh, what do you, how do you feel about Pop Smoke? Was that gangster rap? Mm, I don't really know his lyrics well enough. I do like that new one, that new song he got with Roddy. With Roddy, yeah. That one's fire. Yeah, no, I guess that's still drill. But I, honestly, I can't tell you what the fuck any of his songs are about. <laughs> so, it just be words. <laughs> um, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm curious for his project, actually. Because it's executive produced by 50, so I'm curious to see how that works out. Yeah, that's probably going to be good. 
Um, so yeah, overall, pretty good week for music, I think. It was a lot at least to talk about, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't a lot to fuck with. True. Uh, which I always appreciate. In terms of other content, uh, special <laughs> came out. Not really the special, it was basically like the, um, the edit cuts of the upcoming Netflix special with all of the, the Chappelle and Friends special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, he was just getting his shit off about, you know, the George Floyd situation and the protests. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really that funny. Seemed more like a vent session. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was meant to be f- funny, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. You know, the wild thing to me was just all of the different coordinations. He was definitely red-pilling the shit out of the... You know, the coincidences in his life with all of the things that were going on, I thought that was super-duper interesting to mm-hmm. see, like, different correlations and just things that were happening simultaneously in the world um, and the way he, like, drew those pictures. I'm very interested to see, like, the full edit of, like, all of the yeah. other shit around it. Yeah. Uh, it felt like, to me, a lot of the portions where the jokes were, it was what they cut out. So mm. I, and I, I feel like that was done very, very intentionally. Not to make it too funny. Exactly. I can exactly. say that. I can say that. Because even the way that the story was told, you can tell that they, they, uh, they splintered it. So like the way he was, the the stories he was telling at the end about like, uh, about like Kobe and like the time of day he was born, was mm. actually tied into the very beginning part of what they showed on film mm. in the eight forty six. So hmm. like you could tell that that part and that part went together, but they Slice chopped it up and, and, yeah. and, and spliced it, right? So I'm interested to see what are the, the, the gaps yeah. in the yeah. editing. Um, yeah, curious about that too. Yeah, other than that, man, I, I heard a lot of people really critiquing it like a regular special. To me, this was just like an IG Live to me. Yeah. Right? It was type, one of those type platforms with just a nigga talking. It's <laughs> just a nigga talking. Yeah. I'm assuming like when Dave Chappelle goes off into his six hour comedy shows you don't have segments like this where he's just talking about Mm -hmm. how he's feeling or what he's thinking not necessarily trying to be funny but just since he's just so entertaining on his own people are just enthralled by what he's saying so I'm assuming this is kind of a clip from maybe some marathon comedy he did for that show which I'm curious to see because I saw Michael Che was there I fuck with Michael Che Donald Rollins is one of my favorite stand-ups, boy. That nigga is hilarious in the stand-up game. <laughs> Did you see his, um, The Degenerates stand-up? Mm-mm. Do you watch The Degenerates on Netflix? Uh, they have all our favorite comedians. The ones that don't get specials. The yeah. ones that we fuck with. The Bobby Kellys, the Yamanikas, the fucking Donnells. Okay. Uh, fucking I Joey remember Diaz. when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Joey Diaz is also one of my favorite comedians of all time. He's fucking hilarious. But... I don't feel like he'd be telling jokes either, though. No, that's the he thing. He just be talking. He's a, that's why. Because he has so many so fucking stories. Exactly, he's just been through some shit. Nobody has more stories than Joey Diaz. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who you are. Nobody. Yeah. That, um, I'm interested, like, comedians right now have a really big job, man. They have a very, very important mm. job because ain't shit really funny right now. But. But that's the job. That's the job. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got to find the funny. You gotta find it funny. Uh, the Haitian sensation asked me the other day, like, yo, if you were to make a joke about George Floyd's death, what would it be? I'm like, mm. oh shit, I'm not the comedian. This ain't my job. I can't. <laughs> I can't. No, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one, right? The funniest thing, the closest thing that I've heard to funny about this whole situation 
was how diverse a group of oppressors mm. <laughs> the cops were. Like, yeah. that was the closest thing to funny that I could find about this situation. So that goes to show to me that, like, um, yeah, comedians have a very tough job. I'm very interested. We talked, I think we posted this, too, on, our, on the IG. Do black comedians get criticized more for crossing mm. the line? Or whatever the line is for comedians. Yeah. And I think this, like times like this, even exacerbates that more. Like, you are you 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 have to talk about the shit, but you also have to be funny, but you also have to be on the right side. Exactly. So like it's a it's yeah. a lot it's a lot to handle. Um, I do not envy these niggas at this time. Man. Really don't. I mean, for the brilliant ones, this is great material. Oh, for sure. Like if you just on some Reggie Bush, right? <laughs> Comedy, good luck to you, my brother. It's gonna be tough. Goddamn. All right, we got a couple more things that we can get to. I really want to get to the genie bus racist letter because I know why you want to get to that. Even. Because <laughs> otherwise, we not might not be able to name this episode what I want to name it. Exactly. So let's get into nigger Kobe. So apparently on. Uh, Juneteenth, which was I guess this past weekend, um, Jeannie mm-hmm. Buss, who's the owner of the Lakers, released uh, a racist letter. So I wanted to read this letter that was published by the owner of the Lakers, my favorite sports team. I don't know if she's my favorite owner. Do you have a favorite owner? There. Do I have a favorite owner? No. <laughs> but she's not them. But basically, she uh, she 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 used her platform to uh, <laughs> expose the racist letter that she got from an ex fan of her franchise. And I just thought that this letter really, really, really embodies the intellectual fortitude mm-hmm. of. Um, you know, the core fan base of All Lives Matter. Before you get into this letter... For sure. Do we know what she did in order for him to send this letter? Did she, like, agree to donate some money or something? Or I'm confused about why he just randomly said this. You know, it probably has to do with the Lakers releasing a statement saying uh, they support black lives. Gotcha. That's likely where this came from. They literally Um, support black lives. And they literally do. (laughs) I think that, you know, it's pretty clear to me that she's a nigger lover. Mm -hmm. Based on who she employs and who she has around her franchise. That nigger Kobe. That nigger Kobe. Not, no, I'm sorry, nigger Kobe. So I want to read this letter because it's fucking amazing. (laughs) Sometimes racist shit is so fucking over the top that it's fucking hilarious. Like... It's, it's beyond scary and like threatening yeah, it's, it's like a threat to your safety to just hilarious so I'm gonna read this verbatim okay um, and it begins and I quote dear whore this is again so it sounded like black youngster wrote it started off with hey whore <laughs> uh, again this is addressed to Jeannie Buss this is this is, what, two sentences here. This is the entire letter, okay? Dear whore, after 60 years as a huge Lakers fan, I now say to hell with the overpaid nigger traders and the NBA. 
Go to hell and join yeah. nigger Kobe. <laughs> that nigga been racist since before a fucking Ooh, civil rights movement. Like he he been racist for a long time, and apparently he was whatever racist the when people were, were racist. Yeah, when like, racism was out was in okay. front. Yeah. yeah, when racism was okay, he was he was he was more racist. You got that Jim Crow racism. He might be Jim. It might be Jim. <laughs> he old as fuck. How do you even know how to write an email? <laughs> this motherfucker go. No, this was a letter. Okay. It was an actual now, letter. Snail now it mail. makes sense. Now he said it makes he sense. took his time. He, his ass went to the post office. Yeah, he didn't even like... leave it in his mailbox for his carrier to come get it. <laughs> he went straight to the fucking USPS. Put that shit in the fucking box. <laughs> like, this shit needs to get there. Let me read this letter one more time so that we can really truly get the Go ahead. the true feeling behind this. Dear whore. Whore is capital W. Dear whore. He's respectful. Mm-hmm. as your title. Whore. Good punctuation. Right. After 60 years as a huge Lakers fan, I now say to hell with the overpaid nigger traders and the NBA. Traders. Like, uh, like, um, oh, fuck. What's the most famous trader? Benedict Arnold? Yeah, like Benedict Arnold type. But, like, who's the nigger trader? Are the players a nigger trader or is she the nigger trader? Upon further review, I think that originally I thought Jeannie Buss was the nigger trader. Right. By supporting niggers. Right. But I think that the niggers are traders by being rebellious and ungrateful (laughs) to the white massa. That's what I think Uh, now. That they're overpaid. Yeah, the overpaid nigger traders. They're not overpaid enough for him not to watch it until now. <laughs> well, yeah, well, now they're making themselves. Now they're not just shutting up and dribbling. Right? Now, they're, now they're doing extra shit. Yeah. The wild part is, I bet you he was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. I he probably he cried. But he says, go to hell and join nigger Kobe Bryant. <laughs> nigger Kobe, listen. <laughs> Dr. Kobe Bryant. Mr. Kobe Bryant, fucking five-time NBA champion, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> however many time All-Star, was it twelve-time All-Star? I think no, eighteen. Eighteen-time All-Star. Yeah, it was eighteen, and yeah, because Kareem Kobe Bryant, had twenty. I yeah, think Kobe yeah, yeah. had like eighteen. Uh, you know, scoring champion, Kobe Bryant, closest thing to Michael Jordan that we've ever seen, Kobe Bryant. But nigger Kobe Bryant is fucking wild. We was talking about this before the mics came on. Like, imagine if you just said nigger as person as people's titles mm-hmm. instead of like. So you know which one you're talking about. I, f- I feel like uh, racist white people have probably been doing that for years, and we're just now time. thinking about it. Like a like a. Uh, like I saw John at the store. What you mean, nigger John? Yeah, nigga John. Oh, I haven't seen nigga John in a long time. <laughs> How's this little nigger kid doing? <laughs> oh fuck, that's just a I don't know, man. My friend Chapelsky, the nigger family. Oh, the nigger family. Yeah, Talk about that nigger for work. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, can you just imagine being nigger Justin? I'm pretty sure somebody has called me that. But like, it's funny because Justin's like a, a white boy name for the most part. Nigga Justin. <laughs> oh, shit. Nigga Justin. Oh, fuck. Um, what book is that? Huckleberry Finn? Nigger Tom. Nigger Tom. No, it's Nigger Jim, isn't it? Isn't it Nigger Jim? 
Because Tom, Tom is Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. I think it's nigger Jim. It might be. Jim's nigger is what he is. <laughs> I don't like reading classic American novels. That's Why not? Because all the, the niggers? No, they're not that entertaining to me. I like nonfiction. Nigger Jim, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, my fucking American bit. Good for Nigger you. Jim. What are you going to do with that information now? Talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> Nigger, <laughs> Jim, Nigger Jim. <laughs> Who is he? As dark as black. Cold. <laughs> Dark is cold. Dark is the... Yeah, Jim has a cunning mind. All niggers are like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to nigger Kobe, bro. <laughs> Yo, racists are pretty fucking hilarious. When you get past the scary shit, they're pretty, uh... Pretty, pretty funny. Also, I didn't realize that Jeannie Buss isn't even 60 yet. She's not? No. I thought no. she was way older than that. I thought maybe mostly that because she was dating Phil Jackson and that nigga's like that damn near 80. her face looks like that of at least an 80 year old person but you know white women age like milk I'm sorry. Uh, look at this bro he typed it out like this is old uh, hey we gotta post this damn we gotta see if we can find this not redacted but I wanna <laughs> post this on the story bro it's, a, it's like a uh Word processor font, <laughs> typewriter type font. <laughs> that nigga did write that on the typewriter. That's how you know he's old as fuck. Oh shit, dear whore. Oh, we gotta find this not redacted, man. We have to. I hope it's possible. His name is Joe. Uh, we gotta try to find that. I wanna keep. I wanna keep that. All right, yeah, man. Shout out to nigger Kofi for Disrespect him like this. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't jump off this year for of, of misery for y'all to treat him like this. R.I.P. Kobe and GG. And GG, yes. Was it Garage Dad, Gorilla Dad? Mm-hmm. Introduce a topic that I think is interesting to evaluate um, in terms of the diaspora, right? <laughs> are uh, black Americans or African Americans the white people of black people? Let's say that one more time. So. Are black Americans or African Americans the white people of black people? Meaning, are we basically the worst version of black people? Yeah. <laughs> are we like the bottom rung, bottom of the total pole? If you had to rank all the different types of black people, are black Americans like at the bottom of that? And I believe the conversation started because we were talking about how other groups of black people, specifically people from the islands and people from Africa, and how they view black Americans. Um, a lot of times they view us as lazy or mm-hmm. we're always complaining about what has happened to us in the past. Basically, they use a lot of uh, right-wing rhetoric yes. to describe black people, which is kind of crazy. But uh, and because of that... They look at us like kill one. Yeah, they, they look at us, they kind of look down on us. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how, because she kind of just said it off cuff, and I thought that was a really brilliant idea to just say off cuff, because I never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because I think there's two perspectives here. I think one is, I guess, the perception amongst other black people of African Americans, but then I think there's also kind of the just objective achievements, mm-hmm. right, based on... 
circumstances, length of existence, right? Like all of these different things. And mm-hmm. I would have to argue that we might just be the black people of black people in terms so. of demonstrating really quickly our ingenuity, our creativity, our ability to survive, mm. our strength, our joy, our power. We are American culture, exactly. and American culture is the most exported we're fast food black. culture. We're, we're like, we're like yeah. fast food black. That's exactly what yeah. we are. We're like the convenient, like it is the hard-hitting essentials of a meal, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like that's kind of how Americans yeah. are. So... It's funny because uh, this is really weird. So obviously the Haitian sensation, when we first started dating, she didn't want me to meet her family because as a black American and, and like with locks and shit, she yeah. thought they were gonna talk shit, right? Really? Yeah, just being bougie black folks. So even Haitians have that same kind of mm. um, kind of look down your nose mm-hmm. at at other folks, which um, is crazy. But just so wild. It is so wild. Yeah. Honestly, though. If anybody kind of like has earned that, I think it would be Haitians. These niggas literally said fuck the world. <laughs> and fuck the world said fuck you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Unfortunately. They, yeah. But they have held fast to that. Like, yeah, and fuck you right back. Mm. Right? Like, they've held fast in that. And, like, when you talk about independence, that's a special type of independence that those yeah. niggas fought for. You know, it's a lot there, but. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody yeah. is to be like, yeah, you niggas, bitch, I won't set this shit on fire. Only though. successful, successful slave owners. Exactly. Yeah. So when they look at African Americans, like, I bet y'all niggas won't set this shit on fire though. I kind of get where they come yeah. from. You know what I'm saying? But everybody else is kind of like, you gotta shut the fuck up. But I also think it's interesting. This builds into a conversation around reparations mm. and who gets mm. reparations. I've had a conversation um, about this before. Let's go. So American descendants of slaves, you can argue that folks in the Caribbean are American descendants of slaves. Right? You can argue that folks like Haiti or Dominican Republic are American descendants of slaves. So, or at least folks who come from those roots. Which is a very compelling argument because... I don't think it is. It's not called the North American slave trade. It's mm-hmm. called the American slave trade, which includes... It's called the transatlantic slave transatlantic, trade. Transatlantic, right. <laughs> but that includes also... That doesn't limit to the 50 states, yeah. right? The Americas also does include Haiti and DR, and mm-hmm. that is part of America. That's, no, no. Yes, it is. They're so it's all Canada. countries. Is Haiti considered part of America, or is it part of the Caribbean? It's called the Americas, North America. They're part of the America, America, Columbus discovered, which isn't a part of America, North right? America, South America, Central America, the Caribbean islands, oh, all yeah. of that shit is considered the Western Hemisphere, which is considered the now Americas. It's all the way up and down. I Listen to me. I was arguing your side. I was okay. like, yeah, that shit ain't America until I was schooled. But and how like, is it America? Like technically, all that shit, all of this shit over okay. here is considered America. It's not I, North America, United States, as we would traditionally think of America. Okay. But it is all considered. I America. guess I'm taking umbrage the Americas with that because we were talking about reparations, mm-hmm. and when we talk about reparations, I don't think anybody's thinking about Central America or Canada. 
giving reparations. I think we're talking about the United States of America giving reparations. Again, it's those folks responsible for giving the reparations, but I think that there's a question about what is considered American uh, yeah, descendants of slaves of who's receiving that. Uh, so if you're saying that, you know, black people from uh, that that never technically entered the territorial United States were mm. not affected by North American United States slave trade would mm. be a mistake. That would be uninformed, right? We know that there were slave transactions yeah. in the Caribbeans that influenced, supplemented, helped mm. create and grow the American slave trade. So, like, that that's I, where that, that line becomes a little muddy. I was reading something um, on PBS.org. It was something by... Uh, Skip, I want to say Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless. but uh, yeah, the black, Skip. the black Skip, uh, Obama's boy. Anyways, you got he's a the black Skip, the black Skip, <laughs> yeah. Roland Martin. Nah, man, Skip. Uh, I'm gonna type in Black Skip, and I bet he come up. Skip Gates. Oh, 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 oh. I got you. So, I was reading an article he wrote for PBS. <laughs> Black Skip Bayless. <laughs> I was reading an article he wrote for uh, PBS.org, and he was saying, like, on the best estimates, and it was done by these um, two professors, I want to say from um, Yale. Mm-hmm. They were trying to determine, like, the amount of slaves and where the slaves went. Right. And then within those estimations... Other, out of the 12 million slaves that only 300,000 came to the um, came to America the rest went to the islands mm. or other parts um, of the world so so that, that's tr- that's a tricky figure because you also have to think about the 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 breeding the slave breeding industry no 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 we're just talking about the slave trade as far as like transporting people from, okay. from Africa not necessarily gotcha, gotcha. the number of slaves after all of right, this happened right, that's right, a little right. different so you're math. saying the majority right. of slaves the vast majority of slaves yeah. transported from Africa across the ocean most of them went to Brazil ended up in yeah. Central and Southern America and not in the United States yeah, yeah. so if we're talking about reparations then America ain't even that guilty. we're not even though slave labor made us one of the wealthiest nations it's kind of ironic that we had the lowest amount of slaves and were able to make that happen but most of that happened with cotton and uh, sugar because it was the the sugar came from the Caribbean yeah that's the other thing yeah that's the other thing um but once we saw how lucrative cotton was and after the cotton what this is yeah after the cotton gym this is before but once we saw lucrative cotton could be that's when they started growing more cotton and crops in the south hmm. with that being said um i had a conversation with my friend she's um jamaican and Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. and we're talking about reparations and she basically asked do i think the united states should give her family rep- reparations because her mother came from Jamaica and her father came from Ghana, so they were not necessarily, maybe her mother more so, but. Um, That's Britain, I didn't know what I said. Let me get there, brother. So <laughs> I was like, I don't think the US should owe you any 
reparations, but I think Britain should. Because yep. if I remember correctly, Ghana was a British yep. colony as well as uh, Jamaica. And I was like, but I don't think you should get none of this U.S. money, though. Because your descendants are a little bit different than, like, the descendants of people here were, like, their great-great-grandparents were actual slaves in the right. United States. Right. But I guess that's what makes reparations so tricky. Who really deserves them? Yeah, man. Who's whatever that formula is, has to be carefully created. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, what and about? I think that's what makes this so tricky. Yeah. Is because of the lack of connection to our history and heritage mm. that Ameri- African Americans have, and I think that that, to me, is one of the most sinister kind of effects of mm. the whole slave industry, is the elimination of your culture, mm. and that to me also is why African Americans or Black Americans to me are such a special type of Black folk is because we have had to create a culture in the last hundred years. Mm. And our shit is the most popping in yeah, the world. It's, not as, it's definitely <laughs> right? not as, as old as or a lot of these other cultures. Traditional but or it's none of way more things. popular than every other culture. Exactly. Maybe because, maybe simply for the fact that it's probably the newest culture in the world. Mm, true. That, yeah. It could be just as simple as that. People do love that hot new stuff. Right. So, yeah, I think that's very, 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 very interesting. I think, because uh, I, I was having a similar conversation of like, yo, should Haitian Americans get... It definitely should from the French. But not, yes, exactly. Because yeah. how the fuck you going to owe the, how did they owe the French money? <laughs> well. I mean, I know how they owe the French money, but like, the it. audacity of these French people, they get their asses whooped and say, you need to pay me for beating my ass, essentially. Do you know that uh, the French actually were ordered to pay the reparations and they actually made the payment? But because Haiti doesn't do any kind of world trade or anything, the mm. money is basically held. Do you know who has the money? World Bank? Nope. France? Nope. Well, yes. France <laughs> France owns it, but guess where they have it sitting? Uh, uh, I don't know. Citibank in New York City. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Haiti's reparations money is sitting in a Citibank account. So how did I'm? I feel like I need to do a deep dive in this because this sounds interesting. I got put onto this uh, maybe three or four years ago. One of my first times in D.C., I visited the Haitian embassy mm-hmm. and ended up meeting the Haitian ambassador to the United States. Okay. And uh, actually got a little cool with him. Got cool with his like staffer David. Shout out to David. So I went there on like kind of a work trip, but I went there kind of like to just to kick it. It was dope too because they like made us rum punch and we was like oh, literally, yeah, experience. we was like literally <laughs> hanging, <laughs> yeah, hanging up, hanging out with the like Haitian ambassador and his like chief of staff, and they were just <laughs> telling us shit. And this was the first person that I ever heard say. Uh, we were talking to him about all of the kind of shit that was going on in Chicago at the time. We were around, like, the Kwame McDonald and all of this. Okay. And uh, we were talking to him about how, you know, how frustrating it is that everybody seems to think that, or nobody seems to quite understand uh, how violent CPD is. And, mm. and, like, you know, people don't have the local perspective to understand how wild our police district is. And he was the first person that I ever heard say that for black people, nothing is local. Mm. There's no such thing as local, Hmm. right? So 
what's going on with black people in this whole entire world is the same shit. We're all in the same plight. Anti-blackness mm. exists a thing. all yeah. over the place. So he was the first person to, to actually put that, uh, give you that perspective mm. um, of, of nothing is local. Like, if it affects black people, it's affecting black people all over the world in some form or fashion. Do you believe that? I, I just, To a certain extent, yeah, I do. Maybe there are stories of it, I just haven't heard it because maybe it's more local and doesn't reach the news, but I don't really hear a lot of instances where police are in predominantly black countries, police are like brutal against other black people. Um, so, number one, we gotta realize that the police in America operate like everybody else's military. That's what I'm saying. So like, is that's not happening everywhere else. So, I think it's also a little bit different because the people in power in certain places all look alike. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, a, economics that controls where you lay. Look at the Indian caste system, for example. Right. But when you start, so like the the civil war aspects or like the internal fighting, I think is one thing. Mm-hmm. But whenever you look at a situation where there are black or brown people to be conquered, <laughs> anti-blackness reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. Look at the war on terror. We wanted some motherfucking oil, so we needed to create this enemy. Right. right. Um, you know, time that I, it feels like to me, if you look at, like, even um, the Muslims and the Jews fighting each other in Palestine, Israel, all of that, like, even mm-hmm. that kind of has some elements of, like, anti, not blackness, but brownness, I guess. Right? Yeah, it's Arab people versus Jewish people. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, I, I believe it to a certain extent. I just think that situations may be different okay. depending on where you are. But when you get down to the nitty gritty of the problems, I think a lot of it boils down to the same. Would it be shit. safe to say anti-blackness is global, but like the effects it causes is different depending oh, on sure. where you're at on the globe? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, shit, in a place like America that's rich as fuck, our problems are going to look very, very different than a very True. poor country yeah. who has some quote-unquote problems, right? Like, it's going to, it's yeah. going to look very different. And the niggas in Yemen are, Yemen are going through it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We ain't got them problems. We don't got them problems. Uh, PS5 is coming out soon. I hope you kings have the financial means to buy one yourself or uh-huh. the finessing skills to get acquire one. They want all these goddamn Louis Vuitton, Gucci bags. Yeah, man. How does that work? Which is like twice the price of a PlayStation 5. Can we know. talk about that really quickly? Before we, we absolutely into, can. Before we get into Florida, man? We absolutely can. Um, it is very weird to me how material gifts signify non-material sentiments when they come from a man to a woman that they care or should care about. Mm. But that that does not translate. So, like, monetary or material gifts to a man is really more so commentary on your ability to provide Mm. (laughs) than being rewarded for your ability Mm. to provide. I don't know. It's all very confusing. I don't understand how, like, you know, we, we, we hear all the time the City Girls just released an album, like, yeah. if you're not buying me something, 
Yeah. Why the fuck am I talking to you? Then when you suggest them buying you something, even the mere suggestion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, what? Imagine a girl saying, "Hey, would you mind going half on this bag that I really, really want?" Yeah, I'm probably asking the wrong person that question. But like, wouldn't that go over? <laughs> wouldn't that go? Wouldn't that go over? Like, wouldn't you receive that in a certain way? Other than rather than, hey, you have to buy me this bag, or else, or not even that. That mm. that doesn't even have to be expressed, but just that to be the the feeling that if I don't buy this shit, mm. this woman, this queen would never even talk to me. Yeah, you're useless. So if I'm in a situation where I provide and protect for our family. It's not enough. And it is too much to ask for a fucking video game? Yeah. What do women get men as gifts? Like good gifts? I personally don't think a lot of women are good at getting gifts. I probably Whitney the Haitian sensation is probably the best gift giver I've yeah. ever met. And hot take, but maybe not that hot. Women aren't good listeners. That is a, that's so I think that take. is the root of why they don't get good gifts. Okay. Whereas because they don't have to be, whereas men are told to listen and they're expected to listen and we get held accountable for not and listening. we're supposed to listen so well we're supposed to know what you're thinking without you even saying it this is true whereas we don't have that same expectation yeah no you can actually us. say it in plain English they still yeah they're like <laughs> I thought you meant this yeah, I had a situation yeah. earlier today we were talking about french fries <laughs> she left the crib to go get french fries because mm. KFC has new french fries they don't have potato wedges anymore what actual french fries so I wanted to try them. I'm going to try this shit out. Yeah, they're not bad, actually. Hit up this Halal KFC. <laughs> oh, it's a Halal one? Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. It's delicious. Shout out to the Halal KFC. <laughs> but they have, uh, so we, we had a whole conversation because uh, we ordered some, uh, shout out to the Juneteenth specials. We ordered Hennessy wings and Hennessy shrimp. Where'd you get them from? From Surf's Up. How was it? They were really good. Okay, I got to try it on the list. Okay. Yeah, they just opened up a location in uh, Urban Park, I think, too. Oh, okay, not too far. I don't got to go south. Because the South Shore one is actually closed. One in Bronzeville is open, and they just opened one out of Urban Park. But anyway, long story short, we got that shit. It came with fries. Whitney ate all the fries. So today, when I was warming up the leftovers, I was like, oh, shit, where the fuck are the fries? She was like, oh, "Oh, I ate them. I'll go get you some. brother. You was going to eat reheated french fries oh we got an air fryer i don't know if you know how air fryers are reheated french fries work but it'll change that's life. too much work it's I'm really gonna so much go get a new batch well she <laughs> ate them all so i'm just getting a new batch okay so she leaves it's like 30 45 minutes that she's gone and then she texts me is like hey call uh uptown barbecue and order your fries i'm like hmm? why I call her. I'm like, yeah. That, like, I, I put my shit in the air fryer now, thinking you was gonna walk through the door any minute, so I can mm-hmm. coordinate my shit so it could be hot. Like, what happened to go to KFC? She was like, oh shit, I ended up going to Mariano's and Jewel and. Uh, I'm like, damn. So you didn't even go? I thought mm-hmm. the whole reason you left was to get my fries. Mm-hmm. You had a whole extra set of missions and forgot about the my mission. Mm-hmm. 
so that's how easy it is. That's how easy it is to be um, less than accommodating to a man's yeah. request, especially in a relationship. It's not that big of a deal. It's not really, you know, no accountability measures or any uh, consequences to that. Uh, but if I were to not purchase, like, if I wasn't to hit, uh, you know, buy all items in the cart on the Fashion Nova page, <laughs> that would be, I'm, I, I ain't shit. And I could go find a nigga that will. You know what I mean? Like, that's. Yeah, a double standard is crazy. That is a wild double Especially standard. now with women making more money, being more high, especially black women, more highly educated. Then um, we're not gonna talk about it now, but okay. one day we're gonna talk about. We're not gonna get too deep on y'all, okay? We're That's also gonna talk about one day. Uh, how do you hold traditionally oppressed people accountable? Mm. We don't have to talk about that too. Mm. Uh, we mm. kind of mm. touched about it when we talked about the pendulum swinging, mm. and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that as more comes out. But that pendulum conversation is important because. I mean, it even came up in the no-name conversation. No-name is allowed to criticize and critique people for doing what she did to initiate the conversation in the first place. That's so <laughs> fucking, like, we just gonna skip over that. But because she's a black woman, because she's woke, because she's in the position that she's in, taking the stance that she's in, we can't hold her accountable yeah. for her hypocrisy, which I think is very, very interesting. And one day we will talk about mm. holding those folks, folks who have been traditionally not in power, who then get a little bit of power, accountable. Mm. And what are the checks and balances for that? I think we might need the garage staff for that one. Yeah, she we probably need... Opinions, we probably, I, we, I don't think we can just alone mm. have that conversation. Mm. I, I think there's some women in there. Yeah. In here. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Alright, yeah. Let's get into Florida, man, and get the fuck out of here. Uh, Florida man for June 22nd, correct? Sounds good to me. Oh, shit. This is not a, um, Whoa. a food story, but, uh... It's definitely a gruesome story. Yeah, and I guess in celebration of Father's Day, <laughs> uh, Florida man gets... 15 years for dismembering his father. First of all, 15 years for dismemberment seems kind of low, but let's read the story. Hey. A Florida man has been sentenced to 15... Wait, West Palm Beach. Okay, it's not goddamn... That's where the rich people are. Fluersville or whatever the yeah. fuck. What was the... That's where my homie's uh, fiancé is from. Yeah. So West Palm Beach, yeah, there's a rich, rich brothers. Uh, the Sun Sentinel reports that a judge sentenced Jimmy Scandarito on Friday. The sentencing came just months after he was convicted of uh, that charge for dismembering his father's body, uh, but was acquitted on first-degree murder. So he got convicted of dismemberment, but acquitted of first-degree murder. Hmm. Only in Florida. Boca, Boca Raton police say Scandarito killed and dismembered his father. Skip Scandarito in March. The younger Scandarito initially claimed his father hadn't returned from a kayaking trip, but police found the body parts after following him to an abandoned golf club. Prosecutors say he killed his father for inheritance money. The son testified he found his father dead from an apparent drug overdose and hid the body because he was afraid. Hmm? Um, what? 
Skip Scandarino, the father, actually was a judge in Michigan before he resigned due to sexual misconduct charges. The whole family, wow. So, what, what was he scared so of? So, basically, I guess, what happened was they couldn't convict him. They couldn't prove that he killed Buddy, but um, they could prove that he tried to hide the body. So, this is just a case of threw, probably threw a few charges at him. This is the only one that stuck. Probably. They couldn't necessarily prove the weapon. I didn't um, know dismemberment was a crime. I didn't know that either. Also, I didn't, I mean, if you're going to find a good body spot, uh, body hiding spot, an mm. abandoned golf, abandoned golf course, okay. a, abandoned golf club, probably is a pretty good spot. To I, just, I, f- I think it was in Dexter. It was just, one of the serial killers would just throw the body parts in the swamp. Wasn't that Dexter? No, he threw his in the water, in mm. the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the people he ended up killing. That's where they were throwing mm. the body parts. I always seemed like a good idea to me. Just because of the way so the humidity random. and the um, moisture deteriorates flesh, I would assume, in the wild animals, they would have yeah. just tore that shit up. True. Why don't people dispose of more bodies where wild animals are? That's a good question. Also, is dismemberment a crime if the person is already dead? Well, I think yes. Okay. Because they're only convicted him. He only got 15 years for cutting, so up, like, cutting up this body. Okay. So I think it's a lesser charge than actually killing someone. So, like, you're supposed to properly dispose of a body, I guess. So, like, if somebody died in the hospital, uh, you have to take them to the funeral home and get it processed. You can't go home with the body and handle it yourself. I think that's what this is about. Shout out to Puerto Rican people having the best, like, funerals. Yes. <laughs> where they <laughs> take care of the bodies and display them. Yeah, for real. If I die, I don't want a funeral, but if you motherfuckers make me have a funeral against my own wishes, I want to be one of those people that is either in a chair or standing up on a motorcycle mm. without a suit on. I just want my regular clothes, a t-shirt and some jeans, some yeah. Jordans. I've made my wishes very clear about my funeral several times. What you got? I got, please turn up. I don't want no sad shit. I, yeah. I need alcohol there. I need mm-hmm. good music. Like, I want a vibe. Mm-hmm. I want a celebration. And I also don't want to be in a suit. I don't wear fucking this is Okay, I'm going to tell you. You're on the same page. You, you might want to adopt this idea. So, like, in order to guarantee that my funeral isn't sad, sad, I've created a playlist within Spotify. Uh-huh. Funeral playlist. So... I really? told my friend, you haven't heard the best part yet. So I told my friends that my dying wish is that you all put your name in a hat or you put the name songs in a hat and whatever song you put out, you have to sing a karaoke version of that song <laughs> at the funeral reception. <laughs> so I got like Mr. Um, Mr. P, Master P, Miss My Homies, uh, I got Slot Shy Glizzly Funeral. So it's like a nice mixture of like my favorite like dead homies or R.I.P. songs. So I figured that's the way to make it more playful and less sad. Yeah. So there we go. That is a good one. Yeah, most people I know are like, if you're not crying enough at my funeral, I'm coming back. (laughs) And I'm like, nah, man. I don't want people feeling bad about me. I want people to be like, that funeral was fun as hell. That was the best funeral (laughs) I ever went to. That's what I want people to say, for sure. 
Um, unfortunately, Jimmy and Skip didn't have quite uh, quite a celebration. Mm. I'm assuming. I but, wonder if he got the inheritance money though. Inheritance money. Well, that's the that's the thing. Do he get it once he do his fifteen? Or do you get it if you killed the person to get it? Because I know, yeah. Well, it's inheritance money, so inheritance is different. I wonder, than like a will. yeah, yeah. A will may have you could a will is basically just a contract. You can avoid that. Yeah. Inheritance is just something I was here. And I wonder what he's inheriting. Like, is he inheriting his father's money, or is he inheriting like a life insurance situation? What if he just inherited like an item, like a Mm. watch? What if that's his whole inheritance? He did all that. Come to find out, fifteen years in the in the in the joint. Yeah, he had a trust. Yeah, (laughs) shit in the trust. Right. Or his dad had one of those ones where like. I'm donating all this money and charity in your name. <laughs> right, 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 right. I set up a foundation in your name that you can't withdraw from, only deposit. <laughs> <laughs> deposit out. Oh, shit. That'd be wild. <laughs> <sighs> all right, well, that is it for this week's self-medicated podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to be back, man. We got some really dope things coming up soon. Oh, actually, damn, I don't even know how to do this because mm-hmm. with... The release of this episode should coincide with the reband, rebrand of the pod mm. with our new logo mm-hmm. that Burger Boy has been working on. Um, so I don't even know if it's appropriate to share that now yet, but mm. I guess cut it if it's not. And if it is, put this shit at the top. But the self-medicated pod is rebranded, man. We got a brand new logo. We about to have merch soon. Uh, shit is lit. Or not. Right? You would tell <laughs> what yeah. you hear on this podcast and what you see. Yeah, you'll, you'll see what's, what's happening. Um, but I'm super excited. Glad to be back. This is the Self-Medicated Podcast uh, for the captain of the Igloo, young, popular, friendly, a.k.a. the Box Hunter, a.k.a. Uh, One Pop Poppy, also for the man behind the visuals, a.k.a. Young Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Young Burger Boy, uh, I am your host, Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, and this is the Self-Medicated Podcast. We out. Peace.